0: I-V-M. IVM. There's a quick survey to fill out on ivmpodcast.com survey. It lets us know a little bit more about who's listening to us. And you know what? We're going to do a few prizes. So I mean, like we'll do a random drawing of like maybe 10 people and we'll send you all some swag. Remember, that's ivmpodcast.com survey where you can fill out the survey.
1: News kids on the block. Tap to you stories that top the nation's papers, fresh from the IVM and Ascend International School Desk. Hi, I'm Kavya.
0: And I'm Anya. And welcome back to this week's episode of New Skills on the Block.
1: Our uh, civic will not be able to join us today, so it'll just be me and Anya. And i hand it over to Anya to kick us off with the first story for the day.
0: So, the first story that we have for you today is about the heat waves that have just swept India away. So currently India is undergoing a heat wave, which explains why it's just so hot and you're so tired all the time. And this heat wave has broken records and it is bringing dangerously high temperatures across both India and Pakistan of over 40 degrees Celsius. And it's expected to get even worse according to earthsky.org. The heat wave began in March uh, towards the end of March. And even though like, you know, often it'll get really hot and humid before the monsoon. So it's not uncommon. This particular one has just been really bad. The average temperature in March has been 33 degrees Celsius, which is the warmest March recorded since they started making records of this in 1902. Kavya. So and of course, in part, this is all due to global warming and climate change and all of these other things. But Um, just make sure you are staying hydrated and staying indoors and just keeping your cool.
1: That was pretty interesting how this kind of all comes back to a cycle because when it's hot because of climate change, we start putting on the AC and then when the AC is on, it releases more global uh, greenhouse gases resulting in more global warming. So I think it's pretty interesting how it's just a cycle that is now inescapable.
0: Yeah, for sure. The next story for you basically, you might have read about some debates that have been going on over Azan in Maharashtra and Karnataka. And essentially, to sum it up by the Free Press Journal, according to the Noise Pollution Regulation and Control Rules of 2000, restrictions on the use of loudspeakers or public address systems include not using one except after obtaining written permission from the authority and not using loudspeakers public address system at night between 10 p.m. and 6 a.m., except in closed premises for communication within auditoria, conference rooms, community halls, and banquet halls. So essentially what all of this jargon really boils down to is that between 10 p.m. and 6 a.m., you're not allowed to like hold a boombox outside of your window and like blast music really loudly. Now, of course, this is like a regulation and this has been a problem like during Ganesh Chaturthi when when the processions are going for Visarjan or something like that, you know, the noise will stop after 10pm. And sometimes it won't even, there'll be some years, like you know for a fact that on the 5th day and the 10th day there will probably be noise, so like try to sleep before the noise starts or something like that. And so this has been a debate for a while and you'll even notice in like say an IPL match now after 10pm even though the match goes on till 11 after 10pm they stop like the mic and the music and the loudspeaker and stuff. So, but the problem is now is that currently uh, Azan is basically the call to prayer so a lot of mosques have loudspeakers where a call to prayer is sort of read out or announced and there are five times in a day that they pray starting from about the earliest ones about five in the morning and the latest one can go up to about nine in the night and um, and sometimes later even and so this has become like a problem because the karnataka high court banned the use of loudspeakers in religious places last year and now there are currently several right-wing hindu groups who have been launching campaigns against playing azan and the bangalore city police have begun to seize microphones um that have allegedly defied court orders um In Bangalore alone, according to the Free Press Journal, about 250 mosques have received such notices. And the mosque authorities have started installing devices that keep the sound within a permissible level. Um, Now, this has sort of continued on into Maharashtra, where the ruling party has said that, you know, the law of the land prevails in Maharashtra and the home minister will do everything as per the law. But the Maharashtra Minister Dilip Patel took a balanced view of the situation, saying that some people were trying to create a divide in the society. Of course, on the other hand, you have somebody like Raj Thakre who sort of made these claims that like we will go on, we will play the Hanuman Chalisa in outside all the mosques, that they don't stop. And it's just the whole thing is this like polarization of how religion is used to express um, parts of a certain community. Now, of course, in this particular case, like the loudspeakers being used, it's being used on both sides of the debate. It's just that right now, as you might know, it's Ramzan. So they tend to hit a little bit more. And this debate comes up like every couple of months, every year, but still it is a problem. So this row has been going on for a while and there are currently still court proceedings and policies being made as we speak. Um, It's Eid next Tuesday, which marks the end of Ramzan. And I think that this is just a bit like... If we can make exceptions, you know, for like a, for the dhol to play during Visarjan, I think it's okay if there's a call to prayer every once in a while, every day on, for like a month. And I don't think that anyone's going out of their way to like play this, to like impose something. It's just part of the culture that has been created. But that's just my opinion. Kavya, do you have anything to add?
1: No, I I completely agree. We'll take a short break and we'll be right back. Welcome back. You're listening to New Skids on the Block. And I will take us into the next story of the day, which is about one of the biggest deals in the um, technology world related to Elon Musk taking control of Twitter. He is paying close to $44 billion to acquire this social media network, which is a lot of money. And he announced his takeover bid on April 14th, saying it was his best and final offer. I think what Elon Musk is going to do with Twitter is to make it a lot more... Based on free speech, he said free speech is the bedrock of a functioning democracy. So I think he's really going to be able, people are really going to be able to share their opinion, no matter how controversial it may be, without getting penalized for it, Um, which was not the case in the past. He called Twitter the digital town square, where matters vital to the future of humanity are debated. And he said he wants to make Twitter better by enhancing the product with new features, making the algorithms a lot more open to increase trust and defeating the spam bots. while Authenticating all humans, and he said Twitter has tremendous potential, which it does. And I think I'm really excited for one to see what he will be able to do it do with it and transform it into. He tweeted, "I hope my worst critics remain on Twitter because that is what free speech means." I think all of this stuff is just really foreshadowing his main approach. What his main approach is going to be when it comes to taking control of this ginormous uh, social media platform.
0: Thanks, Kavya. The next story we have for you today is on the IPL Dharam Dish. The five-time champions, the Mumbai Indians, have become the first team in IPL history to start the season with eight defeats. And effectively, they have now been kicked out of the tournament. That doesn't mean they're not going to play. It just means that they don't really have mathematically, they don't have any hope of making it to the playoffs. Which is quite sad but oh how the heroes have fallen. I personally am not a Mumbai fan so I'm quite gleeful about this but I have a lot of Mumbai Indian fans who have told me to be nice so I will just give you the facts. I think so. A few problems that we've seen have been their openers, where Ishan Kishan and Rohit Sharma, the captain, uh, both of them have been unable to give the team momentum for a while. I think even the some of the Mumbai coaching staff during a press conference said that uh, they don't have that Ishan Kishan has not been able to keep the score and sort of his his work has gone in vain. Um, the second problem that I think a lot of people have seen is Mumbai. Didn't really have a lot of bowlers going on last year. They had Bumrah and Bolt, who kind of took them by storm. But uh, Trent Bolt, the New Zealander, has moved to th- my personal favourite, the Rajasthan Royals. And Boomrah is just on his own. They were supposed to have Jofra Archer come in. But Jofra Archer hasn't come in yet because he's still injured. So I think they just haven't found the right match or the right playing 11 in these eight games. And they still have a few games left, but I do feel for them because, I mean, I think it's not even been two years, technically, since they like won their last tournament because that was in in like October, right? Because uh, of COVID. So it's quite shocking. But that being said, like, I've really enjoyed some of the cricket that the IPL has had this year. almost... Every game has been like... All the matches have just been down to the wire. They've been very exciting. And even if, you know, they haven't been like a last-ball high-scoring match, we've also had some great games, like when RCB registered the lowest total of the season against the Sunrise as Hyderabad recently. The Gujarat Titans have been putting up some brilliant finishes, especially with uh, Rahul Tewatiya and uh, Rashid Khan. I think, on the whole, it's just this tournament is just... It's gotten bigger. It's gotten... More exciting, of course, but I think at the end of the day, it is still IPL and the remaining of the matches of the group stage will be played in Bombay and then they'll move to Gujarat and Karnataka, last I read, for the playoffs and finals.
1: I think in terms of what you said about Mumbai Indians, I'm not their biggest fan. I can't say I'm disappointed by what is happening. Um, But I do, do think that with the major auction happening this year, it was kind of like a um, it will take a bit of time for them to adjust to the new team, the new like relationship between all the players and how they will help each other. So I think the season kind of was their way of getting back on track and I think they are capable of any great thing. So we shall see soon.
0: Yeah, and I think even for them, technically speaking, they do have like a bit of a home advantage because the games are being played at like Vankhade. Um, at least, So even like at least one or two of their matches will be played there.
1: Yes, we will take a quick break and we'll be right back on new skids on the block. Welcome back. You're listening to New Skids on the Block. And the next story I have for you today is a story about, you guessed it, Taylor Swift. Basically, researchers discovered a new millipede species as part of an extensive research project. The lead study author and researcher, Derek Hennon, is a very big Swifty. And he decided to name one of his millipede species, Nanaria Swift Swifte.
0: That's spelled with a swift and then A-E.
1: yeah. I quote, her music helped me get through the highs and lows of graduate school. So naming a new millipede species after her is my way of saying thanks, Um, he said in a statement. And I think it's really sweet because while it's, it's like, it's not a huge deal. I think it's these kind of small things that really show um, your gratitude to these people. And yeah, I think it's, it was just a really sweet story that I wanted to share with you guys. The final story we have for you today is something very interesting. We're going to do like a books versus movie, TV show kind of debate about one of us is lying. If you guys haven't heard about it, it is a, it was originally a book by Karen M. McManus. And then it was recently made into a TV show. So we thought, Anna's not read the book and she's watched the TV show and I've read the book and not watched the TV show. So we thought we'd have a bit of a discussion about it.
0: So, Kavya, since the book came first, it's a murder mystery. So, we're not going to give away too much of the plot. But to just kind of like set the scene, it's based in a high school. And this kid dies in detention. And there were four students with him. And the blame gets put on them. And these four students are like from four different cliques and live very, very different social lives in school. And they sort of work together to get their name clear and figure and work out the mystery. Um, So, one of them is Bronwyn Rojas. And she's like the straight A student, wants to go to Yale. Then there's another guy who's Nathaniel. And he's like a bad boy who like, you know, used to sell drugs. Bear in mind, the TV show at least is 16 plus, by the way. And so he's like one step away from some mistake. And then the third guy is this guy named uh, Cooper. And Cooper is a baseball player, a star pitcher. And he moved from Mississippi and no one really knows much about his past. And he has this and and then the last is Addison or Addy who is this sort of cheerleader who's like dating the, the staff star football player kind of thing. And the four of them, like they're from very different things and they all have a secret and the boy who died maintained a blog with their secrets. And so basically with like everyone's secrets. So like everybody technically has a motive to want to kill him. You know, honestly, I watched the TV show Kavya after a really like long time of not watching TV and I expected it to be like terrible, but... And like plot and stuff was fine. Like there was some ups, some downs. But what I really liked about the show is Netflix has this tendency to make their teenage shows like really dark, like unnecessarily dark. And I'm not just saying in terms of like content, I'm even saying like literally the production is like dark and ominous. But I felt like this one was like nice. Like I enjoyed it. I didn't feel like I was going to get a nightmare when I went to sleep.
1: Yeah, I think what I liked about the book, I don't know if the movie was done in the same way, but it was different chapters were from the perspective of one of these four kids. And I think it was really interesting to see how those chapters aligned. They were the kind of chapters that ended on cliffhangers and like you were kind of waiting to... It was a book that I didn't put down, honestly. And I think what I liked the most, like I said, is how the different chapters and the different stories kind of intersected in a way. And they all in some way connected to each other, which made it more interesting because left these, it made you want to find out what was going on I would definitely recommend it it was like I said a book that you kind of have to read at one go because it's very hard to stop reading once you start and if you haven't read the movie it's the show I honestly suggest you do that and if you haven't read the book go and do that as well
0: that's all we have for you today. We hope you enjoyed this episode.
1: Don't forget to tune in to us every Friday for our fresh take on the news from across the globe.
0: If you like this episode, don't forget to check out other episodes on the IVM network.
1: You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and anywhere else. And we'll see you next week. But till then, do share this episode with your folks. Stay safe. And don't forget to do your homework.